You don't have to be faithful uh, to God for him to be faithful. You don't have to love God for him to love you. And you don't have to be good to God for him to be good to you. And we need to realize that. God um, is all those things without us. Amen. And God doesn't need us. We need him. And we need to want him uh, and desire him. Uh, he told Peter uh, that, Peter, that thou savors not the things of God. And we, need to, we need to savor God. Uh, when you're hungry, you, you savor food. You want, you want it, uh, a desire, a taste of, of food. And the Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Uh, prove him. Test him. Don't give him a chance. Make him your all. You can count on it. People bet their life on one thing, and it winds up collapsing around them. But God, God will never collapse. You can invest everything in God. You can invest your family in God. You can invest your time in God. Amen. The kids can be dismissed downstairs. Amen. Thankful uh, for everybody who is here. and um, Amen. I'm thankful for this church. And we're going to be in Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. I met a man uh, who I, I just used to watch him. Not It was before we, me and my wife, uh, we started the church here. And it was at our other church. And there was a man who came to our other church for years, and he was growing, and a saved guy, and, and really fervent for the Lord and in his Bible. I believe he struggled with alcohol for many years, and God, he got saved, and God delivered him from the alcohol. And, uh, you know, you don't need the world's programs to deliver you from something. And I've, I've known people addicted to many, many different things, and they, the moment they got saved, they, they just put everything they had in God, and God just miraculously delivered delivered them. And that's a promise from God. There hath no temptation taken you, but such is a common man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. Amen? God uh, is faithful in that promise, that he's not going to allow something uh, that is, comes your way that's too strong for you. But this man, uh, we didn't see him for a while, and uh, I was out... Um, Working and I seen this uh, person walking, and I could smell him probably about twenty feet away almost. I mean, it was terrible, terrible uh, smelling person. I mean, filthy. And uh, I started looking, watching him. He was just kind of walking with his head down and just stumbling over his feet. With you could tell, totally hopeless. And I said, you know, I'm going to go witness to this guy. And as I was walking up to him, I could, I could just smell the odor coming from him and um, see that he was very low in life and got to a point um, that the devil really got a hold of him. And as I was walking up to him, his face started looking familiar. And I said, you know what, this is that guy. I know his name, I'm not going to say his name, but this is that guy. His name was Russell. This is that guy, Russell, that used to sit in the front with his Bible. And I remember him. He had the joy of the Lord and, and uh, I mean, fervent for the Lord and doing his best. And, you know, what? one day he fell back into alcohol. 
got at a low point, started drinking again. And I went to him, I said, sir, can I share with you the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? He said, no, no thanks. He said, I've, I've had all that. And he said, I'm, I'm a lost cause now. It's hopeless. I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, I was saved, but now I'm no longer. He said, I fell deep into sin, fell back into sin. I said, well, you can't lose your salvation. He said, yes, you can. He said, somebody told me you can lose your salvation. I said, well, that's not a salvation. Salvation is when you get saved and your soul is made alive. And the moment when God declares you righteous once and for all, it's not a temporary thing. It's not based on conditions of uh, your, your walk with him. Or No, it's the moment where God saves you. And he makes you whole and your past sins, your present sins and all your future sins. He remembers no more. He's an eternal God and he gives you eternal life. And no man shall ever able to pluck you out of his hands. And I gave him this story here and I said, have you ever heard of the prodigal son? And he said, yeah, I remember that story. I said, was that son still a son? Was that son out in the world enjoying the pleasures of the world? Wasn't his father waiting till the day he returned? I said, what, what happened the day when his son was still far off and coming? He said his father, seeing him from far off, looked and had compassion and received him and hugged him and gave him his robe and his ring and called his servants to Feed them with the best food they had. I said, that's right. He said, do you mean, do you mean I can come back to God? I said, come back to God. I said, God's waiting for you. God's never left you. I said, what are you waiting for? You know, he walked away. He was like this when I ran into him. He walked away. Going like this with his head held high as a child of God. Knowing that God loves us. Knowing that God is faithful. Even when we're not. That's the mercy of God. The forgiveness of God. In those lowest of times. How much more can you praise your God for his forgiveness? Would you be able to praise God for his forgiveness when you think you're the perfect Christian? No. Would you be able to praise God for his mercy when you think you're the perfect Christian? Oh, no. You know, have no idea of what mercy is. But the lowest of sinners that can get on their knees and say, oh, God, have mercy upon me. Have mercy. They're the ones that walk away justified. They're the ones that walk away and God heard their prayers. This message is for all of us this morning. Let's open a prayer. Lord, I pray you bless this message, Lord. Thank you, Father, for uh, helping us all. I pray, Lord, that you'll uh, use this message in all of our lives to examine ourselves and, and search out the hidden parts, Lord, as your word does. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, let's all stand. I know I changed things around a little bit. Let's all stand. We're going to 15, and we're going to read in verse 11. 
And the Bible says, and he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them that is living. Verse 13, not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. Riotous living. It means luxury. Luxury living. And just indulging in everything to please his flesh and live as though he's God or he's king of this world. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to end to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, and had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto the father, I have sinned against heaven, and in thy sight am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe. And put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet. You may be seated. The Bible says he, he arose. Raised up. You know, we need to learn how to rise back up. Considering The Bible says, considering ourselves, lest we also be tempted. Learn how to get back up when we're at a low state. Uh, first, I want to set out some warnings for us. Notice in verse um, 12, And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together. This, this uh, son, uh, he was planning never to come back. He didn't leave some of his things. He said, hey, Dad, I'm going to leave some things here uh, that I'm not going to take. The Bible says he took everything. That means he was not going to come back. He, he was planning on not coming back. He wanted out of his father's house. The father's house was the place of safety. The father's house is why he had those things. The father's house is, gave, gave him everything he needed in life. It was his life source. I encourage you never to leave the Father's house. The Bible says church is the pillar and ground of the truth. Worst mistake you ever make is getting yourself out of church. Worst mistake in your life is, is allowing the devil to tempt you uh, to, to make you think that church is not uh, a critical, crucial turning point in your life, in your family's life. It is why you have the blessings you do. It is why God is with you and God is prompting you and God is giving you the things that you have so that it will enable you to serve God here. Able you to serve God and be a part of the church. Church means everything to God. Church means everything to God. It's, this is, church is the biggest thing going in, on in God's world. This is better than any Super Bowl. Is it Super Bowl Sunday? Is it? Amen. Well, I'm going to be preaching until 10 o'clock tonight. 
<laughs> Amen. Listen, this is bigger than anything. Church is why this young man had all those things. Don't let the devil try to tempt you and get you out of church. Why was this? We got to look at see this young man here. Why was he even thinking about this? He was drawn away uh, from the things of the world. Good things, bad things, it don't matter. The Bible says he uh, spent everything he had, spent all. When he had, the Bible says in verse 13, not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and ne'er wasted his substance. I used to think the Bible said on riotous living. But I read it, it said with riotous living. He didn't spend his money on these things. That type of lifestyle is going to rob you of your most valuable assets of life. He wasted his substance, all that he had, just with the way he was living. By default, the devil, you sign the contract, you want out of God, you hand everything over to the devil. By default. By default. And I'm not talking about money. Money can't uh, buy food when there's a food famine. Money can't bring peace into your marriage. Money can't bring love into your home. Money can't bring peace into your heart. Money can't uh, have your kids love and respect you. Money can't do that. But God gives the true riches of heaven. And this man here, he gathered all that he had. He wanted out. And when, listen, when you leave the Father, the blessings remain with him also. God's presence is everything. That's what hell is, the absence of God's presence. And people say um, that they're living in, a, in hell. Their life is like a living hell right now. And I used to say, oh, you have no idea what hell is. But some, pe some people go through a lot of things in life. But... The most scariest part of hell, yeah, the fire, the torture, and everything else. But the scariest thing, and we know nothing about, is that the presence of God is not there. The love of God. There's people who rather die than continue the life they're living right now because they're so lonely and they're so unloved and there's no affection for them. And there's no tender care from, in their life. And they, but God is there. We have God. We have the presence of God. Don't allow the devil to, to uh, uh, get God out of your home. You need the presence of God in your life. You will live by default a living hell. And I'm not, I'm not undermining the judgment of hell, the fire. But the Bible says where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Oh, I don't wish anybody to go to hell. Hell is, 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 is a terrible, terrible place. I don't wish my enemies to go there. And I often think and say, Lord, why is hell real? Why does there have to be a place like that? Well, maybe it's just figuratory. Maybe it's not a real place. And then God will immediately bring verses to my mind and say, the rich man, he woke up in being in torment. And maybe it's not all a torment. Oh, the Bible says where the fire is not quenched and the worm dieth not. There is no alleviation from any pain and sorrow in hell. Eternal 
forever, torture, pain and sorrow. And worst of all, God is not there. What life can we live? How much more? Yet a devil can't drag a Christian down to hell anymore, but he can surely make you live parts of hell. We don't want to live without God or the presence of God. Don't allow the devil to lure you away from the house of God. This young man, he left the house of God. He left the father's house. And the Bible says, and when he had spent all, when everything was spent, there was nothing left. That's when a famine came out. Oh, there's things that come your way that you can't handle. We think we're all that. We think we can handle ourselves, but you can't handle the absence of God's protection. You know, the Bible says the moment God gave uh, ordinance to the devil that he would, that the devil can afflict Job immediately, immediately. You know what the devil went after? The devil went after everything Job owned. Immediately, the devil went after Job's kids. Immediately, the devil uh, started attacking Job where it hurt the most. Job couldn't be prepared for that. And that's when God allowed the devil to do that. Imagine if we allow the devil to do those things. You think you can handle the attacks of the devil? Oh, no. You want your kids attacked? You need to keep them in the house of God. You want your kids attacked, you need to keep them in the will of God. You want, uh, and scared of, of security and provisions and blessings of God, you need to keep God as close as possible because we have an adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, he walks about seeking whom he may devour. And if you've not gotten a taste of that yet, then you're not alive. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Don't allow the devil to get you. Don't allow the devil to deceive you. Don't allow the devil to allure you into the things of this world. There will come a time where something will come your way that you will not be able to handle. This young man thought he had provisions enough. The Bible says the father, he divided. He got his two sons together. He divided uh, the portions. He said, son... This is half of everything that I'm going to leave to you and your brother. So here is your half. And son, everything left here is yours. You can be free to take it, sell it, whatever. But it's all yours, son. The other son that stayed, everything that was left by default is his. And the father tells him later on. But this son took all of his portion and he thought he was well taken care of. Dad's been holding out on me. Gave me a million dollars. He never let me buy that dirt bike. He never let me buy that car. He never let me do this and do that. My dad's been holding out on me all these years. Oh, no. He kept it safe and secure for you. And everything is all right in my father's house. You're going to be safe. Yeah, there's things that you may want to do and things you think you think you're wasting your life. But no, it's where you're building your life. It's where you're building your blessings. Not in this world only, but in the life to come. God has a plan and future for you, just like he had for this son. But this son couldn't wait it out any longer. What did he do? He took what he thought was his. It wasn't really his. What did he do to get this? 
God gave it to him. God gave it to him. There's, listen, people, people will crave to have children that can't have children. You got people in the world just murdering the babies, killing them, one after another. I don't know how they could do that. Would, you, would they be able to do that with puppies? No. Hey, my, my dog is pregnant. Or can, we, can we abort the puppies? They'll put you in jail for saying that. My wife's pregnant. Can we kill the baby? Sure you can. You can kill the baby. It's murder, as the Bible says. And that's one thing that God hates and will not let uh, go in this land is the killing of the innocents. And God will send judgment. He has. The Bible says when the wicked are in authority, the people, they mourn. But this young man here, he received from the father what? Of the father's things. You know, God's, everything God has is for you. God has based his eternity about us. What is, some, what is a king without people? No king at all. Who is God without us? He's still God. He doesn't need us. He has his angels. He can create whatever he wants. He's God. God doesn't need us. But he's allowed us to partake in what he has. And you think, listen, there are people who create. You think those kids are yours? They're God's. God gave them to you. You're complaining about your spouse. God gave you. There's people who die to have a partner or die to, to, be, to, to have a wife or a husband, to be married, to find the right one. God gave you someone special. He's God's. They're God's. You give that marriage to God and you serve together as a team, as a, as a household of faith, serving God together in truth, as a family. The things of God, this young man didn't understand that. That all that he was taking was the father's. And the father allowed him to have it, see what he would do with it. And he squandered it, not on riotous living, but with riotous living. He squandered the years on things just to please himself. He squandered the years of his marriage, and he squandered the years of his family, and he squandered, squandered the precious times on himself. Times he'll never get back. Oh, don't let the devil deceive you. You only have one opportunity to take what God has blessed you with and not allow the devil to take it from you. You think you're going to be okay. There's, there's going to be a time in your life where there will be a famine or something that you cannot handle. And God will make sure of it. That'll help you get back. We're here for the Lord. The safest place is the father's house. But you see here, the father knew that the son was going to go. You can tell when people are not there anymore. You can tell when somebody's heart is not in it. That's not easy uh, or hard to uh, discern. When somebody's heart's gone, you can tell. You can tell the difference 
when somebody's working next to you and, and they're just sweeping the floor like this. Like, hey, are you okay? What do you mean I'm okay? I'm, I'm sweeping. Versus, <laughs> you, you can tell when somebody's heart is for the Lord. It's not hard to determine that. And the father knew, especially him being his own son, he knew. He knew that uh, the son was not doing what he was supposed to do. He knew that uh, the son was uh, putting a harder load on him and his brother and everybody else. He knew that. The father knew that. The father was not oblivious to who his son was. And it was no surprise at all when the younger uh, said to his father, Father, give me. The father knew. But it hurt him. It hurt God. It hurt God. The Bible says that not to grieve the Holy Spirit of God when you go into sin. You know, God has pledged and promised you that he's not going anywhere. And we drag him through the sin and we drag him through the mud and we drag him through the things that he has. um, Although he's promised never to leave us, he sometimes he may. Because what we put him through. But because of his promise and he remembers. He's going to stick it out. To see you to the end, to make sure and, and, and be a good father to you like God is. The son took all he had. And when everything was spent, by default, if you choose to live a life without God, by default, your substance, the things that are precious in life, the provisions of God, the blessings of God naturally get spent up with that lifestyle. You don't have to spend it on it, but they get spent with it. By default, the precious things of life, God's riches and blessings on you, will get spent with a lifestyle that is contrary to God's will for your life. We need to stay in the Father's house. Why did he leave the Father? Don't leave the Father. You know, even though his heart was gone, he would have still been all right in the Father's house. Everything was safe. Everything was secure. Everything was protected. And you know, sometimes the devil's attacking you It doesn't mean you're done. Sometimes you even slip and fall. It doesn't mean you're done. You can still uh, stay and stick it out and not give up and not give in. And sometimes you you feel like the devil's got a grip on your ankles and pulling you down to hell. You don't have to leave the father's house. You don't have to leave the father. You don't have to tread through the world just so you can come crawling back. You stay. You stay with God. And you pick up your Bible, and even though it's even hard to read John 3.16, you read the first word, and then you close it. And you say, God, have mercy on my soul. God, help me. I'm drifting away. The Father knows where you're at. The Father knows where you're going. The Father knows whether you're going to stay or not. And allow him to give you the grace to help you stay and stay with him. Don't leave the Father. You're still safe. Even though your heart is turning, you're still safe. Don't leave the Father's house. You're still safe at the Father's house. The world cannot get you. 
Notice the famine didn't hit the father's house. The Bible says that even the servants had enough food and to spare at the father's house. There are things that will hit you that you've never experienced just from being outside of God's will. And you think you don't need the Lord. You don't think you you need your walk with God because you have all this abundance of all God's blessings and you can just march out his house at any time. And by default, all those precious things that you think is sustaining you will be spent up with it. And then something bigger and stronger comes your way. And what would we do? This young man, the Bible says in verse 17, when he came to himself, some of us have to go through this. I've known people that never learn, though. I know Christians that will go through these times, come back, leave again, go through the same old circle, come back, leave again, and just repeatedly. But this son, he never left again. You know why? Because he came to himself. He's realized who he was. He realized who God was. And he realized that the best thing that he could be is just a servant in his father's house where all of his needs are supplied, where everything that was good was from his father's house and from his father, and that there is nothing else needed but to get back to where the best times of his, of his life were. The Bible says in verse 18, he said, I will rise. And go to my father. I will rise. We got to learn how to arise and get back to God in these troublous times. We got to get settled in our heart and, and avoid um, the dangerous times by never leaving God. If he would have never left, he would have been okay. He would have been gone through some problems, but if he would have never left, he would have been okay. If he would have never left the father's house, he would still have everything. Precious. There are people who come back without their family. There are people who come back to God without the precious things that they left with. Those you can never get back. They were spent up with the lifestyle that they lived. God cannot restore unto you the years that you squandered. God cannot restore what you spent up with the lifestyle. Sure, his blessings will help. His grace is there uh, to build back up. His mercy is there to restore. And, and his forgiveness is always there for our sin. But what you spend up with the selfish life and the selfishness of our hearts is gone. Avoid those things by staying in the Father's house. Avoid those things by never leaving the Father. Last of all, we'll close. We need to love the Father. Most of the time we do things is because of we're searching, we're lonely. People fall into sin because they're lonely. People leave marriages because they're lonely. 
And it's not about being lonely because there's nobody around you. It's that you need to know how much God loves you. And you, in return, need to love God. How would a marriage be if one spouse only loved one another? The other one didn't love them back. That marriage wouldn't last. Wouldn't last. They would know. I love him, but, but he doesn't love me. He loves somebody else. I love her, but she doesn't love me back. She loves somebody else. Their heart's broken. If God just loves us, and we know he does, what type of relationship would we have if we don't love him back? We have to love the Father. We have to fall in love with the true one that loves us. God loves you. You say, well, how can I love somebody whom I've not seen? He lives inside of you. The disciples asked the same question. The Holy Spirit of God is in you to help you see the Father as you read the Word of God, to help you see the Father as you pray, to help you see the Father when somebody does you wrong and He wants you to forgive them anyway, to help you see the Father to forgive, to love people. And when you can love somebody who you do see, then you can begin to know how God loves you. And then you can start loving God by loving your enemies, by loving the people who are in your life and forgiving them and staying in the Father's house and staying walking with God and don't leave the Father. We need to love the Father. Stay in love with God. Stay in your Bible. Stay in prayer. And when famine hits in your life, and there's people out around you that are crying out for some substance, you're going to be all right in your Father's house. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Lord, and all the, the servants that you send for us, oh God, uh, your grace, your forgiveness. Um, Lord, and everything that belongs to you, Lord, you have for us. Help us, Lord, to look no other place but to come boldly to the throne of grace and to find our help, obtain mercy in a time of need. Lord, you are our supplier, provider, sustainer, and your blessings, Lord, they, they are what money cannot buy. Help us to look to you, and, and not just for our substance, Lord, but to look to you to love you, to fall in love with you, to fall in love with God again. I pray you help us all. Help the devil not to come to our house, allure us, Father, from, from, from you, but to stay put, to stay in our walk with you. And I pray, Lord, you'll strengthen us. Thank you, Father, for the prodigal son, that gives us hope and shows us that in what state, Lord, the devil can get us in.
You're always waiting for us to come back. I pray you help us all, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's all stand. Say, Pastor, I'm all right. Why don't you pray for somebody who the devil did get? God spoke to your heart. You come on down, you pray. Pray for yourself. Pray that pray for people. Maybe you're dealing with unforgiveness. When I say that word unforgiveness, does somebody come to your mind? When I say that word bitterness, does somebody come to your mind? You say, well, you don't know what they did. Oh, you can't love God if there's something against you and your brother. You can't. But how can you love somebody who, who you've not seen if you can't love somebody who you have seen? If you're dealing with unforgiveness, you talk to with God and say, God, I forgive them. I forgive them. Forgive me. Forgive my bitterness. Forgive my sin. I need to be okay with God. I need my walk with God to be all right. I can't let anybody come in between. Make sure your walk with God is clear. Make sure there's nothing in between. Maybe you're having trouble with your spouse. Love them. Forgive them. Don't let the devil take away your blessings. It's not yours. You didn't gain it. It's God's. It's the Father's. Don't give it over. Keep it in the Father's house where it's safe. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to Thee. Lord, I pray, oh God, You'll uh, bless us, help us, Lord, to stay with You. And Lord, we know that You'll secure and protect, Lord, what You've given us. I pray, Lord, that You'll preserve um, our, the precious things of life that You've allowed us to partake in, Lord, our families and the kids and, and Lord, even the grandkids, oh God. And Lord, uh, some of us have, uh, there are people we know that are running from God. Lord, help us to be able to share the opportunity, Lord, uh, with them, that God is waiting for them to return with open arms. Lord, with the dinner prepared. And I, I pray, Lord, that you'll just work on them also. Father, I pray, Lord, you'll keep us uh, safe in the storm. And thank you for everybody that came out. I pray you bless us now in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 God bless you and um, drive safely out there. It doesn't seem too bad, but it could be a little slippery here and there, a little slushy. So...